0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Amen. Welcome to worship. I'm glad you're here this morning. One of those holiday weekends. People are gone here, there, and everywhere. I hope wherever they are, they're worshiping God. I'm glad you came and decided to worship God here this morning with us. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Acts chapter 1. We're going to be reading the first nine verses. And this is the... Moment uh, where we learn of Jesus' instruction to his church, to his disciples, and uh, how God steps in and begins to transform them uh, by his spirit and by his might. And this morning, my prayer is that we too uh, would be listening to his instruction, that we would begin to be, not begin, hopefully, we would continue to be transformed by his love and by his power. And this morning, we're going to have a chance to sit around his table. And be able to share in his love and in his grace again. Uh, be reminded of his forgiveness and be drawn into his presence. This morning, scripture uh, begins in chapter 1 of the book of Acts. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all about, I'm sorry, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. and a cloud hid them, hid him from their sight. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. Uh, here at Greenfield Baptist Church, we believe that we are called to be neighbors, to make neighbors, and to build God's neighborhood. Uh, and the last couple of weeks, we've talked a little bit about what it means to be a neighbor, and we've talked some about what it means to make neighbors. So, of course, today... We're talking about Labor Day, <laughs> Neighbor Day, <laughs> Neighbor, Day. Neighbor. Neighbor Day, Labor Day, uh, and uh, we're, we're, we're talking this morning about building things, and building things, of course, takes work, doesn't it? And so this morning, we, we begin to think about what Labor Day means to us and, and the work that it takes to be a part of Of our world and to be connected to our world. Um, And work sometimes gets a bad rap, doesn't it? Um, I hope you like your job. I hope you enjoy what you do. Uh, if you don't, uh, perhaps God is calling you to something else. Or maybe in what you're doing, God wants you to have a new perspective, a new approach. I hope you enjoy school. I know it's starting. It's, lot, it's such, such fun to go back to school. And if you don't enjoy school, maybe it's time to step back and say, okay, what about school can I get involved in that I will enjoy so that school doesn't become a... Uh, uh, a burden, uh, but rather an opportunity. You see, a lot of our our responses to the world has to do with our inside, not our outside. In other words, um, what's happening inside is frequently more important than what's happening outside in regards to our response to the world. And so this Labor Day, I would encourage you to think about on your day of rest, your labor. And what that labor is all about. There are all different kinds of things we do in this world. And the the things that we do are not what we think they are meant to do, I believe. You with me? Not on that one, thank you, Polly. I, I kind of figured I, I'd pull some people away. The, the things that we do are not always what we're all about. How's that? Did that help? Kenny's still confused. All right. One more time. The things that we do are not always the purpose for which we live. How's that? That's better. <laughs> Kenny. Kenny, did you not sleep well last night? You sound like you're having a hard time keeping up this morning. Um, uh, you see, God has given us work for a purpose, but it's not always the purpose that we think we are going to work, for which we are going to work. For instance, okay, you may go to work as a plumber. Okay, and you go to work and you think your job is to plumb because that's what a plumber does, Right? Most of the time. Uh, and, and that's a, a good thing to do. Plumbing is a good thing to do. But you know, Kenny, and I know, that as a believer in Jesus Christ, that's not the purpose of our lives. <laughs> it would be very hopeless if that was... Now, plumbing is an important part. I enjoy indoor plumbing. I'm glad we have indoor plumbing. I'm glad we have plumbers. But I am more concerned about things that go beyond plumbing. And God's purpose for plumbers goes beyond plumbing. Do you agree with me? Uh, You see, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you enter into Jesus' rest. You remember, God on, on, on creation created all the things that we see. And on the seventh day, he watched football. No, on the seventh day, he... Rested, right? On the seventh day, he rested. He stopped doing his creative work, and he began to rest. And when Jesus came, he claimed that those who entered into God's rest now began to rest from their work and began to serve The Lord, when you accept Christ, you no longer work for yourself or for your employer. You now work for Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying on Tuesday go in and say, hey, I quit. I learned that I now work for Jesus Christ. What I'm saying is that where you're at, you now are to work for Jesus Christ in that place. As a matter of fact, I would suggest to you that the only reason you go to school and have a job and do whatever you do is so that you have an opportunity to build God's neighborhood. That you can have an opportunity to be a part of God's plan, which is a bigger plan than your plan. Which is a bigger plan than your employer's plan. Which is a bigger plan than your teacher's plan. It goes beyond that. Now in doing that, you do the best that you can at what you do because that helps you show them that the kingdom of God is greater than what they've ever imagined. So, so Paul, when he's writing the book of Romans, he says, Listen, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from what? Their works, just as God did from his. You see, we are called to something bigger, something greater. We are called to a purpose. And when we embrace that purpose, our lives are no longer a struggle, rather they're an adventure. When you go on vacation, do you rest? If you're like us, usually when we go on vacation, well, we got to pack everything up and we got to get wherever we're going, and when we get there, there's a hundred thousand things that we need to do or want to do or get to do, and we do all those things, and then we have to pack up all that stuff and take it all the way back home, and when we get home, we got to wash all that stuff. Does that sound like a vacation to you? But we call it a Vacation. That's exactly what it is. Why is it? Because we stop doing what we normally do and we begin to do something that's new, that's different, that's exciting, and that draws us in and somehow that renews our spirit and it gives us new hope, new life, new strength. When you're a follower of Jesus Christ, when you say yes to Jesus Christ, you see, you no longer have to work to please God. God now is pleased with you. From now on, what you do is you do whatever he wants you to do. Not because you have to. Not because if you don't, he's going to come and, and zap you. That was the disciples' idea. But Jesus' idea was he, he was there to love you. And so if he loves you that much, wouldn't you be willing to do whatever he asks? So, you see, when we come to resting in Christ... We're no longer working to get our salvation. We're no longer working to make money. We're no longer working so that people think we're important. We are now working to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherever we go, whatever we do. And if we begin to have that perspective in our lives, then our lives would be focused around serving Christ. And every day becomes an adventure. I've learned that every day I desire and try my best to follow Jesus. I get put in positions. Sometimes they're very difficult positions. They're not always easy places. I get put in positions where I have an opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ. And in that moment, God begins to work in powerful ways. And I get excited about what God is doing as God begins to build his neighborhood in and through me, believe it or not. And he wants to do the same in your life. Now, it's not easy. Um, he's already done the work, so it sounds like it would be easy. But what I've discovered is it, it becomes an adventure that you have to be willing to take. And so this morning, I'm calling it daring neighbors. Now, How many of you would be willing to sit out there? Uh, I, I was, <laughs> some of you would. I know I, I was... Uh, um, watching jason yesterday uh and he's he's up in this tree i don't know 30 40 feet up and uh he's just he's got these uh spikes he's got the spikes on and he's climbed the tree and he's hanging there and and you know at first i thought well yeah that's not too bad I, you know when i was his age i probably could have done that um but but that was at like eight thirty. at I looked up there, and he's still up there hanging there. And my thought was, boy, my legs would be hurting by now. And by, what was it, 11.30, quarter to 12, when he finally came down, I thought, I wouldn't even be able to get down. Well, I'd be able to get down, but it wouldn't be the easy way. Well, maybe the easy way (laughs) would be the hard landing way, if you know what I mean. Uh, I'm willing to go up. Uh, but, but I'm going to get tired. And, and I discovered as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, if you really want to be a neighbor, if you really want to build God's neighborhood, you've got to be willing to take a chance. You have to be a, na- a daring neighbor. You have to be willing to step out in faith. You have to be willing to take that chance. And it's scary, especially in our world today. There are people in our world today who, if you stand for Jesus Christ, they will mock you, they will laugh at you, and there are places around the world where they will actually kill you for standing for love. It sounds crazy, but it's exactly what our world has come to. If you are to stand for love, you will be persecuted in our world today. So here's the question. Are we willing to be daring neighbors? i got four minutes. You ready? We're going to go real quickly, right? First of all, uh, it's important to follow the instructions. If you're going to build a neighborhood, you want to follow the plan. Now, there are, there are community planners who set up communities, and they, they try to make the community what they hope it would be. The problem with that is, of course, you can have a plan all you want, but what happens if nobody follows it? Well, then you don't have much of a community, correct? Uh, and if you're going to be a community planner, if you're going to be a neighborhood builder, then you've got to be willing, first of all, to believe in the plan, and second of all, to act on the plan. You with me? If you really want to be a part of building God's kingdom, you have to, first of all, believe that Jesus has a plan for this world, and that that plan means that people's lives will be changed by his grace and by his love. You have to really believe that he died on the cross for these people And that he rose again from the dead so that they could have life and have eternal life. You have to really believe that. In other words, you can't just say, well, yeah, I believe that Jesus existed and expect to be building God's kingdom. That'd be like saying, well, you know, I really think Erie should be a happy place. And telling everybody you think Erie should be a happy place. But not really believing that Erie can be a happy place. And furthermore, not even getting involved to try to make a difference and make Erie a happy place. I I have to laugh at at those Christians. You've seen them. Uh, They walk around with a scowl on their face telling you the end is near. Uh, Have you seen those Christians? Uh, That's like telling people in Erie, Erie can be a happy place, um, but it's not going to be a happy place until we destroy it. And walking around with a sad look on your face saying, Erie will be happy when... We decide to destroy it. No, I believe the end is near. I think that's exciting because when Jesus comes, He's going to transform everything, make it perfect. I'm looking forward to that. But I believe Jesus is beginning to do that right now. That's what building His kingdom is all about. And if you'd follow the instructions, you'd begin to discover that He has a plan and a way that's filled with grace and mercy and incredible blessings. The problem is, we don't want to follow the rules. We don't want to follow the plan. We want our own plan. We want our own way. And every time we begin to follow our own way, our own plan, what we discover is that we can't build the kingdom. Because we're trying to tell people one thing and we're living another. You know, every time we hear a do not, we're tempted to, aren't we? Don't take the cookies. We tell the kids, don't touch the cookies. And then we set them right out there on the counter. Open. Open. And the kid looks at them. And the kid says, boy, those are good looking cookies. And then somebody comes along and says, boy, don't those cookies smell good? But if the child has a relationship with the parent such that they trust the parent to give them what's best, now maybe not the first time, but after a while the child begins to learn, don't they? If I really want the blessings here, then I'll wait. Perhaps I'll get three cookies instead of one perhaps i'll experience the fullness instead of instead of just the partial blessing i'll get the full blessing that's what happens when we begin to follow god's plan we we begin to experience the fullness of his blessing. Not pieces, not bits, but the fullness of his blessing. I want you to hear very clearly because I know what happens. Because it happens in my life. I want God's blessing. I want to be building his kingdom. I want to be a part of that. But in the midst of my life, there are other things that I see that I think I want. And Satan comes along and he whispers in my ear, you want to be like God? Take one of those. You'll love it. It'll be great. It's what you want? Go for it. Don't do it God's way, do it your way. Listen, it'll be great, you'll love it. And the scripture says, sin is fun for a season and it's amazing to me how at first it thought, man, yeah, I feel this rush and then all of a sudden my heart's broken because I hear my Savior say, what? what are you doing? And I shake my head, the one I love, the one who loved me unconditionally says, hey, what are you doing? And I realize rather than trying to build his kingdom, I'm trying to build my kingdom. When I try to build my kingdom, it all just falls apart. Jesus calls us to follow him, to follow his plan, not our plan, his plan. And when we begin to follow his plan, then we begin to see his kingdom built in our lives. A lot of times we read the Scriptures. Jesus speaks to us. We say, yes, I hear you, God. And then we walk out of the building and we forget everything that we've heard. James said it this way. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. What's he say? Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. If we want to build God's kingdom, we have to follow the plan. Second of all, uh, if we want to build God's kingdom, we have to accept the gift. And the gift is really quite awesome. And, and I, want, I want you to listen carefully to the gift that we, we have an opportunity to receive. Um, you see, uh, sometimes we try to build the kingdom on our own. It's like trying to build your house on your own. Now, I know a number of people who have built their own houses and they've done it all. I mean, you know, they, they've done the electric, they've done the plumbing, they, they, they've built the, the structure, they dug, they even, some of them even dug the foundation with their own uh, equipment, and, and they've done it all. But they still have to have all that stuff inspected. you know why? Because you have to have someone with the knowledge to make sure it's all done correctly. It takes different skill sets, you see, to really make it work, to really make the house come together. Likewise, it, may, it takes different skill sets. It takes people who are daring in different ways to build God's kingdom, to build God's neighborhood. And you have one set of skill sets. I have another. And so if we begin to work together, then God steps in and begins to build his kingdom. You see, then we begin to receive what he has given us, and that gift is the Holy Spirit. Now I want to stop a minute because we frequently think, well, I get, I get the Holy Spirit. In this passage, Jesus is talking to the apostles, the whole group. And He says, I will send you, that's plural, y'all, the Spirit of God. And I believe that when the church begins to work together, the Spirit comes upon us and begun, begins to do incredible, powerful things in and through us. Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Those are plural. That's not individual. Jesus isn't saying to you, you alone will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He's saying the, whole, the church of God will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon the church of God. What, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is you've got to get together. You can't do it alone. Alone. If you really want to see God's power and the kingdom being built, you've got to get plugged in. It was so neat yesterday to watch the people of God get plugged in and begin to do something to make a difference in other people's lives. <coughs> God calls us to get plugged in with each other to make a difference in our world, that the kingdom, that the neighborhood of God might begin to be built. See, we always think that somehow if I do it alone, I can bring people into this kingdom. You can't bring anybody into the kingdom of God. Only Jesus can do that. He may use you, but what I've discovered is he usually uses the church. When I was at, at UPS, I, I really wanted to share the good news of Jesus with people, and I, I tried to do that, and I got shut down every place I turned. At one point, I ran into a person who said, oh, yeah, I heard about that. There's a guy over on the other line there. He says kind of the same thing. We had a guy show up, just hired, got up in people's faces and said, if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to hell. And I'm going, oh, no. All that work that I did. To try to convince them of the love of Jesus. To try to convince them that Jesus wants to make a difference in their life. And this guy's going around and in their faces, telling them if they don't accept Jesus, they're going to hell. And people accepted Christ one right after the other. I said, oh, I should have been getting up in their face and saying, you need to accept Christ or you're going to hell. And then all of a sudden I realized, no, I can't, that's not me. I didn't reap the seed I'm planting. Exactly. It takes all of us, doesn't it? You see, we are part of the kingdom of God. And if we want to build God's neighborhood, we have to work together. We can't work alone. Too many Christians trying to say, well, the Holy Spirit is in me, and therefore I can do. No, the Holy Spirit is in us. And by his power, we can build God's neighborhood. Lastly, you have to be willing to take the stand. Jesus said, "You'll be my witnesses." First of all, you can't be a witness unless you've experienced something, right? You imagine middle of a trial, they pull someone off the off the street and sit them down and ask them all questions about something they have no clue, they they never seen, never experienced. They wouldn't do that. Why wouldn't they do that? Because they're not a witness. They hadn't seen it. They hadn't experienced it. If you want to be a witness, you have to have experienced Jesus Christ. If you haven't experienced Jesus Christ, you're not a witness. You can't be his witness. You can't build God's neighborhood. But if you've experienced Jesus, if Jesus has come into your life and done something, and not just something 20 years ago, if he hasn't done something in the last 24 hours, you're probably missing somewhere. We are to be his witnesses. That means we we have to have experienced him. We have to uh, be able to, to say when someone gets up in our face, yes, this is what happened to me. This is how I know. You have to be able to answer those questions. You know those questions. The questions they ask when you're on a witness stand. What did you see? When did it happen? How has it changed you? Where were you? What's going on? And if you can begin to answer those questions on a daily basis, you will be Christ's witnesses. You have to be willing to take the stand and tell the truth. The problem with people on the witness stand is sometimes they try to say the truth in such a way so it supports their position. One of the great things about being a follower of Jesus Christ is I have a relationship with Jesus, and when they ask, when somebody asks me, when somebody confronts me, um, I, I can't help but tell what I've experienced, and I don't have to make stuff up. It's not somebody else's experience; it's mine. If you've had an experience with Jesus Christ, you don't have to make something up. You can simply tell the truth. This is what Jesus has done. That's made a difference in my life. And when you begin to do that, you begin to be his witness in your neighborhood, wherever you live in your neighborhood. And you begin to build God's neighborhood in the neighborhood in which you live. But what's really neat is Jesus said, then you can begin to build my neighborhood, not just in Jerusalem, but in Judea and in Samaria. And you can begin to build God's neighborhood around the world you see i believe that god is calling people one of the neat things about our missionaries um, is that they're all sitting right here or many of them because you are a missionary you are a witness to what jesus has done but you just happen to be the, the missionaries in this neighborhood but God's building his neighborhood in other places. And sometimes he calls people from here to other places to share the good news and, then, and to, to build God's kingdom and God's neighborhood. And then sometimes he sends them around the world. And I, and I want you to hear something because when we ask you to pray for our missionaries, there's a specific reason, or there's many reasons we want to do that, but one in particular that comes to my mind over and over and over again. Because you see, if the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be work at work around the world, then we need to be on our knees for those who are over there. Just as, and I'll tell you, every time I talk to one of our missionaries, they tell me, we've been praying for Greenfield Baptist Church. Well, why? We're, we're not on the front line. Yeah, we are. We're just on this front line. They're on that front line. We pray for them. They pray for us, and the power of the Holy Spirit begins to transform things and change things. You see, it, it takes someone who's daring, someone who's willing to follow the instruction of Christ, someone who's willing to be plugged in, and someone who's willing to share for them to build God's neighborhood. If we really feel called by God to build God's neighborhood, then we need to be willing to step out, follow his plan, get plugged in, and share. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, uh, we pray for those who came this morning who, if they sat on the witness stand, would have nothing to say because they've never really experienced you oh they come to worship they come to church but they don't have that relationship with you we pray this morning lord jesus that you would touch them that they would experience your love and they would they begin to understand that you want to have a relationship with them that you love them so incredibly just like you loved us lord may today they begin that experience that they'd have something to share When they go back to work, when they go back to the mission field you've given them, when they go back to the neighborhood that they find themselves in, Father, uh, we pray that you'd be with those who you are calling this morning to be on the witness stand, not just here. But somewhere else, maybe in, somewhere else in Pennsylvania or somewhere else uh, in our country or maybe even somewhere else around the world, we pray, Father, that today they would say yes to you and that they would say, I'm going to follow your plan, Lord Jesus, and that they'd be willing to step out. Lord, we pray for those this morning uh, who have been holding back. We pray this morning that they would step out and follow you. We pray, Father, also for those who have been going their own way following their own plan, thinking they've got it all figured out. This morning, Lord Jesus, may they hear you've got something better. May they decide to follow you. May we all decide to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm